Again, we're uh, we're doing a little mini series on spiritual growth in quarantine. Um, how do I connect with God? How do I live faithfully in this current context? And last week we talked about the very exciting topic of self-control, specifically self-control over our time. And I tried to convince you that uh, making a schedule for yourself could be a good spiritual discipline. We ended up uh, concluded that time talking about the freedom that budgeting your time like that can give. Freedom from guilt at the end of the day, wondering, did I work enough today? Did I work too much? Should I have taken some breaks and called a friend? Uh, a schedule can guard us from that. Uh, a schedule also gives us freedom to connect with others, especially with God. Uh, when we submit to the restriction of a schedule, we find that our time actually opens up for us when when we restrict the times that we're using for for studying and actually study during those times we find that that we get more of our time back as we start to use it well guarding time in your schedule for a devotional life gives you the freedom to connect with god uh, so maybe there are some of you that actually did this last week that said okay i'm going to make a schedule i'm going to try and have one and keep one and maybe you even put a devotional time in there and you sat down to do it and what do you do, right? Like, how do we have a devotional life? That's what I want to talk about tonight, uh, because I know that many of you struggle to maintain a regular devotional life, or maybe you have one, but sometimes it just feels like you're going through the motions day in and day out. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight briefly here. Uh, quiet time guilt, where does it come from? Uh, how can we be free of it and actually uh, enjoy our devotions? How can we actually have a devotional life that changes us? Uh, a few passages that we're going to consider tonight. First, Deuteronomy eleven, eighteen through 20. You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, talking of them while you're sitting in your house, and when you're walking by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. And Psalm 119 starting in verse 33, says, Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding, that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies, and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things, and give me life in your ways. Let's pray, and then we'll talk about that for a couple minutes. Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, we confess that we know we need it, uh, and yet we struggle uh, to make time to read it, to speak to you in prayer. Uh, we pray, Father, that you would help us tonight uh, develop the, the habit of a healthy devotional life, uh, one that uh, we don't dread, uh, one that doesn't just feel like we're going through the motions, but one uh, that actually feeds us and changes us and connects us closer to you and helps us to love one another. Do this, we pray, for we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, so again, I know many of you um, struggle to have a consistent, fulfilling devotional life. And I keep saying many of you over and over uh, because a lot of times I, I think that you think you're the only one. 
that everybody else has this devotional life thing figured out and you're the only one that's like stumbling through it. You're not. Um, I've had this conversation with many people who are logged onto this chat and many people who aren't. Uh, so if that's you, first, I, I just want you to know you're not alone in that struggle. It's not um, It's not something that no one else is going through. But um, my guess is like, you know, that classic, like, look to the left, look to the right. Um, if, you know, you, you find your thing on here and you look to the person beside you and then below you, like one of them, if not all of them, probably struggle uh, or have struggled at some time with maintaining a, a consistent, fulfilling devotional life. Um, and many of you feel guilty about that, right? Um you know, you feel guilt over your struggle to have a daily time where you study the Bible, pray, journal, maybe memorize some scripture, pray some more, read some other Christian book and, and, and whatever else you try to do. And, and even introducing this topic, there are probably some of you who are like, great, here comes another guilt trip about how I need to read my Bible more. Um, I know I need to read my Bible more, but um, I just can't seem to do it. Please stop making me feel guilty about it. Um, bottom line. For many of us, uh, having a devotional life feels like calling our parents or grandparents. Um, we love them. We really do. But we always just kind of feel guilty for not calling more. And then we do call and they say, it's so good to hear your voice. And we just feel even more guilty. And for many of us, that's what our devotional life feels like. Uh, someone that we're disappointing because we're not doing it enough. Uh, I think there's two big reasons that we experience quiet time guilt, either over not doing it enough or not enjoying it when we do. Uh, the first uh, the first reason for this guilt, I think, is that no one has told you what it's for, right? You, you've got this sense that Christians are supposed to have a quiet time, but no one has told you why. Like, you just know that I, I'm supposed to read my Bible, pray every day, but like, like why? What's the point of it? What is What's the goal of my quiet time? Uh, I think most commonly, the mistake that we make is that our our quiet time, our devotional life, tends to look a lot like our homework. Uh, it, it, we, we tend to fall in the trap of our devotional life needs to look like Bible study. Um, it could be something like reading through the Bible in a year. It could be something like digging deep into a particular book of the Bible, um, reading a commentary or listening to a sermon series or using a study Bible along with it. Uh, it could be diving deep on a particular topic, um, you know, God's will or uh, relating to friends or forgiveness or some theological topic or question or any of those things. Um, all of those are good things, right? Like, I'm going to be the last person to tell you you shouldn't do that. Uh, I think Bible study is incredibly important for Christians. Uh, it's important that you think rightly about the Bible. It's important that we know kind of the general story of Scripture and that we understand theological categories like justification and adoption and submission to authority and relating to friends and, and submission to parents and all of these different things. Uh, but that's not what your devotional life is for. That's not what your like quiet time, uh, whatever you want to call it, devotional life, quiet time, whatever you call it, that's not what it's for. Um, Here's what your devotional time is for. Your devotional time is for relating to God, conversing with him, spending time with him. Because in your devotional time, uh, you're primarily doing two things, hearing God speak in the word and responding to him in prayer. In other words, your devotional time should be a conversation 
between you and God, where he speaks in the word and you speak back, you respond to him in prayer. Um, the Psalm 119 passage on your handout um, captures this well. Uh, psalm 119 is this whole long psalm. It's the longest chapter in the Bible, uh, and it's all about the Bible. Uh, it's all about the psalmist's view of God's word and um, how much he loves it, how much he longs for it, how much life he finds in it. Uh, and he says in verse 37, in that last verse, turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. That's a good way to capture what, uh, what reading the Bible devotionally should look like. Turning our eyes from worthless things and finding life in His ways. Uh, your, your devotional life is a, a daily time to refocus on God. Um, it's spending time with Him in conversation and being reminded that He's there. right? Because so often we move throughout our day, we move throughout our life like just kind of forgetting about God. So we're, we're being reminded that he's there. We're being reminded that he has loved us with an everlasting love. Or, or as that Andrew Peterson um, song that I sent out yesterday says, I could finally believe the king has loved me all along. Because don't you struggle to believe that God loves you, right? Don't, don't you struggle to believe that, that Jesus likes you, um, that like he's actually kind of fond of you, um, that he loves you, right? That's what a daily devotion is for, is, is for reminding ourselves that God has said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Uh, it, it's being refocused and reminded of the fact that in Christ we're forgiven of all our sins, that the Spirit lives within us, that God's not ignorant of what's going on in the world or in your life. Um, it's reminding ourselves that he has promised to return and to make all things new. Your devotional life is a turning from looking at all the things of the world and all the distractions that we have and our anxieties about tomorrow and our frustrations with one another and um, our, the, the way that we beat up ourselves and everything else and refocusing, looking back, turning our eyes from looking at worthless things and instead finding life in Christ, um, finding our comfort there, finding life in his ways. So your devotional life is a turning from looking at worthless things and turning to look at those basic truths um, in, in reading the word and then hearing that from God, then responding to him in honest prayer uh, about our struggles to believe all of those things, honest prayer about our present fears or joys, uh, honest prayer about what we're grateful for, honest prayer about why we're frustrated with God, like whatever whatever it might be, we, we speak, we respond to God in honesty. And so we hear from him in his word and we respond to him in prayer. That's what a devotional life is for. It's for connecting relationally with God. Again, reading through the Bible in a year, deep study of a book of the Bible, all great things. But your devotional life is for relating, for having a conversation with God. So I think that's the first source of our guilt, right? We know we're supposed to have a quiet time, but what's it for? Is it for reading all of the Bible? Is it for like memorizing scripture? Your quiet time is for connecting relationally with God. Um, second, nobody's taught you how to have one, right? Uh, nobody's taught you how to read the Bible, how to pray, etc. And this isn't a blanket thing. I know many of you have had mentors or parents or youth pastors or small group leaders who have walked you through how to study the Bible, um, how to pray, ha have taught and modeled those things to you. But I find more and more that 
that Christians don't have that. And again, we kind of wrongfully think that I'm a Christian. I should just know how to do this, right? Like we don't think that about anything else in our lives, at least rightly. I mean, when, when somebody turns 16, they don't automatically know how to drive a car really well. They might think that they do, but they don't. If you see a 16-year-old behind the wheel of a car, give them a lot of room because they don't know what they're doing there. Right? We're, we're teaching Sophie how to write right now. She's got these like handwriting exercises and this little workbook that she does. And some of you that are in like childhood development kind of stuff will already know what I'm talking about. But in her workbook, at the top of the page, there's a letter O and there's a dot at the top where she puts her pencil there to start and she traces the whole O. The next line down has a little dot at the top, but instead of the whole circle, it's like dashed lines that she can follow and trace around. And then the next line down, there's a dot at the top and then just like dots all the way around and she connects the dots. And then at the very bottom, there's just the dot at the top and it's free, it's open. But, and so she can by herself write the letter O, right? She doesn't start with like, here's what an O looks like, make it yourself. She starts with, here's what an O look like, trace over exactly that, and then moves down to more and more freedom as as she learns, as she follows the pattern of what someone else has done. And, And that, I think, is the way that we learn how to pray. That, I think, is the way that we learn how to study the Bible. We need somebody to take us by the hand and walk us through how to do that. Uh, A couple ways that can happen. Um, First, uh, with scripture reading, we'll focus on the Bible this week. We'll focus on prayer next week. Um, But with reading the Bible, I think devotionals can be a really helpful thing here. Um, They they can be not so helpful, but they can be really helpful. Uh, The best ones, um, and the ones that I've listed on that sheet, I think are some of the best. Um, The best ones point to a particular passage, to a particular scripture, and they chew on it. They work at it like a dog works at a bone, right? Like he gnaws on part of it and then turns it around and slobbers all over the other end of it and then like goes and buries it and comes back to it a couple hours later and keeps chewing on it and just works it over and over and over until he gets at that really good marrow in the middle of it. Uh, The best devotionals model for you how to meditate on the word. Your Bible reading uh, in your quiet times in your devotional life, um, if they look the same as you studying for a class does, um, I want to encourage you to to mix it up a little bit, right? Like if you've got your textbook out and your notebook ready to write and all these other resources that you're looking up and you're hunched over your desk and you're just reading, 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 I want to encourage you to slow down uh, and work over a shorter passage of scripture like a dog works a bone. Um, I think your Bible reading and quiet time and devotion should look a lot more like meditation and a lot less like studying. And I'm not talking about like, you know, legs crossed, hands in that weird position on your knees, like yoga rest pose meditation. I'm talking about like leaning back in your chair, feet up on the desk, staring at the ceiling because mentally you're just chewing on on a verse or a phrase or a word that has jumped out at you and and you want to really work it over. You want to you want to chew on it and get all the goodness out of it. Uh, it. It looks like going for a walk without your phone or headphones and like working a verse or a phrase or a word like an everlasting gobstopper and just like chewing on it and sucking on it and trying to get all the goodness out of it uh, because that's the only way to get through it is to just sit with it for a while. 
you're taking a, a truth of scripture, God speaking to us and chewing on it and gnawing on it and ultimately internalizing it so that it, it moves from your head to your heart, right? It's got to go that way. You have to understand it. You have to think about it. But if it doesn't get to your heart, if it doesn't get to your soul and actually change you, then your, your quiet time has been wasted. That's what a good devotional will help you do. It'll, it'll help you chew on a scripture and understand it and then work it into your heart so that it comes out in your life. Uh, that's the point of the Colossians passage, Colossians passage uh, that we read earlier, right? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And then he goes on to talk about all these other things that you might admonish one another with all wisdom and encouragement, right? That, that it comes out in your speech so much that even your conversations sound like you're singing praises to God. This is what the Deuteronomy passage is about as well. Right? It's a picture not of somebody bent over a desk studying their word who then closes it, puts it away, and goes about their day. It's about somebody who talks about it, who carries the word with them, uh, who talks about it with their family, in their home, with their children, who talks about it with their neighbor at the gate right? as they're going out uh, around with, uh, throughout their lives. One who chews on the scriptures morning and evening. And if you think about it, in both of these contexts, right, ancient Israel and the early church, ancient Israel for Deuteronomy, the early church for Colossians, um, neither, neither one of those groups would have had a Bible, right? If you're a believer in the first century church, you don't, you don't own a Bible. You probably don't own a book, Right? But you go uh, to church every Sunday, and hopefully your, your local group of Christians, maybe they have a copy of Luke and a copy of Ephesians that they've borrowed, and later on they'll, they'll swap that out for a copy of Acts and a copy of Revelation. So you go to church on Sunday, you go to this community, you hear the word read, and that's what you take with you through the week. You have what you hear on Sunday, and you carry it with you, and you chew on it, and you let it marinate, and you work on it like a dog works a bone. And they were no less capable of connecting with God than we are, right? They're no less capable of relating to him through meditating on his word than we are. That's what I want to encourage you guys to do in your quiet times, in your devotional life. Uh, stop trying to like say, it's like, okay, I need to read three chapters today. Uh, read until you find something that grabs your attention, uh, makes you go, huh, that's interesting. Something that like, like captures your imagination and just stop there and, and, and put your feet up on your desk, stare at your popcorn ceiling and let that just kind of turn over in your head or, or go for a walk around your neighborhood and just kind of chew on that verse for a while and let it marinate and let it work, it work its way from your head into your heart and out into your life. Uh, next week, again, we're going to talk more specifically about prayer. Um, but one more thing about those passages, those Colossians and Deuteronomy passages, um, I want you to see that both of them point to community, right? In Colossians, our meditation on the scriptures, our hearing from God, the word of God dwelling in us richly comes out in the way that we speak to others. In Deuteronomy, it's part of our conversation with other people. In other words, your walk with God is personal, but it's not private, right? We relate to God personally and, and talk about him with one another. We encourage one another with what we are reading and learning about him. And we remind one another that the Father truly loves us and that Christ ha has welcomed us in and that the Spirit is with us and that the King is coming back again. 
right? It, it's something that we do on our own, but drives us to one another and is, is supposed to be part of our conversation together, that fruit of our devotional time in the Word. Um, I hope that helps. Um, if it was confusing um, or it's like, yes, that makes sense, please tell me more. Um, Kate and I would love to talk to you about this. Um, to help teach you how to have a, a healthy devotional life. Um, maybe there's somebody in your small group coming up that you can partner up with to encourage one another towards regularity in your devotional life and, and share the fruit of it with one another, right? Like Colossians 3, talk about those things with one another. And Deuteronomy 11, talk about those things at the gate. Mention them in conversation together. Uh, but most of all, I, I just want you guys to be free from guilt over this. Uh, I want you to stop seeing your devotional life, your quiet time as something that you have to do or God won't bless you because he's already giving us, given us every spiritual blessing in Christ. Uh, I want you to stop seeing it as something that makes you more deserving of his love, right? We never articulate that, but sometimes we feel that, that, that if we were more faithful in our quiet times, God would love us more, but he has already showered his love on you in Christ. I want you to stop feeling guilty about your struggles here because it's not just you. I want you to be free from guilt over it because I want you to enjoy your quiet time. I, I want you to connect with God in it because God loves you and he enjoys you. He's saved and rescued you in Christ that he might be in relationship with you. And why wouldn't you want to have a conversation with somebody like that. So again, if, if that's something that you need help with, please let me or Kate know. We'd love to talk to you about it. Uh, there's some resources there at the bottom of your handout that I think are great um, examples of how to chew on scripture, great models for prayer. Um, so take advantage of those. Um, if you're scared about shipping right now, then like you get the Kindle edition um, that works and it downloads without touching anyone or any cardboard or coronavirus carrying things. Um, but again, I hope that helps. I hope that encourages you to, to seek God, to seek relating and connecting to him uh, in your daily devotions and quiet times. Uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you uh, that in Christ you have made a way uh, for us to, to come to you, to hear from you in your word uh, as we're filled with the spirit, to speak to you in prayer, uh, to come directly to you uh, with our cares and our concerns and our frustrations and joys and hopes uh, and everything else. Father, we confess uh, that often we are intimidated by the thought of developing uh, a habit of personal devotion. Uh, we feel guilty over our failures of it in the past. Um, we feel like second-rate Christians because we never enjoy it and we feel like we're just going through the motions. Uh, Father, I pray that you would free us from that guilt. Help us to see that in Christ we have all we need and that you give us the gift of communion with you for our growth and for our goodness, not, not to lay a burden over our necks. I pray for these students, Father, that they would seek you in your word, uh, that you would speak to them and they would hear from you, that you would talk to them um, through your word, guide them, give them direction, uh, remind them of your love for them. And I pray that they would respond in honest prayer. I pray, Father, that you, as these students reach out to you, that you would draw near and be very present to them. Uh, draw them in and help them uh, as they privately uh, seek you. I pray that that would drive them to uh, relationally and, and publicly um, with one another talk about you. Father, I pray that the fruit of our quiet times is not just for our own good, but to build one another up. Do this all we pray, for we ask it in Christ's name. Amen.